Hey everybody, this is Jamie Nunley, lead pastor of Victory Fellowship Church. Thanks for listening to the VFC Sermon Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our free VFC Thomasville app, where you can access all of our messages, sermon notes, announcements, and small group lessons. This app is the easiest way to keep up with everything going on here at VFC. So please enjoy the following sermon. We hope it encourages you in your walk with Jesus and helps you to belong, believe, and become. Enjoy. Everybody, how's everybody doing this morning? Hey, let's give it up for those kids one more time. Man, that was awesome. That was so good, man. We 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 really love our our NG kids here at this church and. Um, one thing I want to ask parents and family members really quickly, my email, my church email is eric at vfcthomasville.org. I want you to send me those videos that you took so that when they're in Ignite Student Ministries, I can show it again and, and, and probably get a pretty good reaction out of that. That would be awesome. But no, no, we, we, we love our kids and uh, um, I'm just super thankful to, to be able to come up here and share with you guys. I love sharing my heart with the people here at VFC. Um, I always have a good time doing it and I hope you enjoy it. Um, we, me and Sierra have experienced a lot of change the past couple months. Um, you know, went back to work with my father full-time in the old ice cream business, and I'll tell you, I haven't really changed much. The only thing that's really changed is now every time I come to youth on Wednesdays, the kids are always asking me for ice cream. And I, I, can't, I can't say I blame them, and I try to oblige from time to time. So, um, but we're doing good, and, and, and we enjoy what we do here. Um, and I'm really liking this series. We've been talking um, about... The name of the series is Down to Earth, right? And we've been talking about uh, the qualities and the characteristics that made Jesus just a magnetic personality, right? Jesus, and when I was thinking of a word to describe that, that was the only thing that came to mind. Jesus was magnetic. People flocked to him. He always drew crowds. And it wasn't necessarily the religious people that, that really enjoyed him as much as it was just the day-to-day people. And I think that when we forget about these characteristics, um, we risk putting distance between us and Jesus, Right? Um, when we think about someone that is down to earth, right, I, I think of a few people that come to mind. They are people that we want to spend time with. They're people that we enjoy being around. They're the people that when we see them at Walmart, we don't do the Walmart swerve down the next aisle. No, we go out of our way to talk to them because we just enjoy being around them. And Jesus was that type of person, um, and it's funny, when, when I talk to, 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 to non-believers, people that don't believe in Jesus, people that don't follow Jesus, and even people that um, proclaim to be atheists, rarely do I ever hear an argument about Jesus himself, right? Um, usually they, they, they talk about the followers and, and how the followers of Jesus can be feisty and, and, and not Christ-like. And so um, the, the purpose of this series is to point out the characteristics that Jesus had and show us that, hey, we're supposed to be like that. We're supposed to be magnetic like Jesus. We're supposed to have the type of personalities that people flock to. And I know everybody's different, but these are all things that we can practice in our day-to-day life that can make us more magnetic, more Christ-like, and more down-to-earth, right? And so... Um, We've talked about relatability. Jamie talked about relatability. We've talked about um, humility. And today, I'm going to be talking about honesty. 
the honesty of Jesus. Jesus was a very honest person. Um, and as a student pastor, um, I get to deal like I'm in the trenches of honesty. I'm in the trenches of honesty. For all of you people that, that have young kids or you have teenagers, you know, like, I mean, they're going to tell you exactly how they feel. And they're going to say it. There's, like, going to be no filter on that thing. They're just, they're going to say it right then and there. And so, and, and for me, it's, it's actually kind of funny, but it actually makes youth ministry rather easy um, when it comes to, like, planning events and stuff like that. Um, because I've had kids come up to me after an event or something and just be like, Eric, that was straight garbage. And uh, I'm like, well, I appreciate that opinion. Could you tell me what about that was garbage, and maybe we can we can make adjustments? But um, so so we I've always get to, I've got to see firsthand um, what honesty really looks like. Um, so what is? Oh, I don't even have my clicker. That'd probably be a good thing to have. I'm telling you guys, this clicker has caused more problems in a service than we care to talk about. Is that the right button? Nope. 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 Okay, I'm sorry. Was it not on? There, I think it's on now. There we go. <laughs> Woo! Um, so what is honesty? Um, to be honest means to interact with people in a way that is truthful and sincere. I have up there, someone is honest when they live in a way that honors the truth and rightly expresses the truth. So if you're an honest person, you place value on the truth. You see no reason to be deceptive. You see no reason to lie to people. You place a high value on the truth in your life. And not only do you place a high value on the truth, but you're also sincere and genuine when you give it. Right? So someone that is honest places a high value on the truth in their lives. And not only is it important to know the truth and value the truth, but it's also supremely important to know how to handle the truth. Right? And I can't tell you how many times I've wanted to work that in here. You've got to know how to handle the truth. Right? Because if you, if you don't handle the truth well... It can cause problems, right? You can, maybe you can be super blunt with someone, and it could hurt their feelings. Or maybe you don't know how to handle receiving the truth from someone. Uh, Proverbs 12.17 is pretty upfront, pretty cut and dry. Proverbs 12.17 says, An honest witness tells the truth, but a false witness tells lies. An honest person tells the truth. A liar tells lies. Um, It's pretty cut and dry. And so it is important as Christians that we walk in the same level of honesty that Jesus walked in in his day-to-day life. See, Jesus was an honest person. Jesus was the type of person that when you went to him to ask you a question, he was pretty straightforward. He may have told you a parable, but but at the end of that parable, you realize, man, he he was really speaking to my heart. Um, In Matthew 23, um, before before I get there, I want to talk about it. Um, Honesty, if I can be honest with you guys, in preparing this message, um, it was 
it was a little difficult because a lot of times when we think of honesty, we just kind of chalk it up to just, you know, it's just telling the truth. It's just being an honest person. It's just, you know, for some reason when I think of honesty, I think of someone that you can trust them with a cash register, right? You know, like you just, you have an honest person. But, you know, honesty isn't just, you know, living this lifestyle of truth and telling people the truth. Um, honesty is also being able to communicate the truth well, you know, like, can you, you and we've all heard this before, like, um, you know, someone comes up to you and they say, hey, can I be honest with you for a moment, right? Can I be honest with you? And so it's important that we make that differentiation, and, and we'll talk about that later on. But, but being an honest person is, you know, it's, it's, it's both living a lifestyle of truthfulness, um, but it's also being able to communicate that truth well. Um, because if we don't communicate that truth well... It won't be received well, and I think we've all seen the results of of, of truth that wasn't all that wasn't communicated all that well. Um, and so Jesus, he he exemplified this. In fact, in in Matthew twenty three, and if you look, some of you in in your Bible headings, it'll say the woes to the Pharisees. And what happens here is in Matthew twenty three, Jesus just is straight up honest with the Pharisees. I mean, he just goes to town. He's like, he, he tells them, he calls them out on everything. He says, you tell people to do one thing, but you do another thing. You, you, uh, you like to clean the outside of your dishes, but on the inside, you are dirty. You place burdens on people that are impossible for them. He tells them, you fight for places, at, you, you fight for the high chairs at the dinner tables, guys. You don't, you don't do good for the sake of doing good. You do good to be seen by other people. And so he, he says, woe to you Pharisees. Which like back then I, real, I think is probably like the ultimate insult. It's like, man, woe to you. Woe to you guys. But the thing is, is that Jesus, if we read the end of that chapter, Jesus wasn't just calling out the Pharisees just to, just to roast the Pharisees. See, there was a specific motivation behind his honesty. And that is important when we live a lifestyle of honesty. We have to be motivated by the right things. And his motivation was this. At the end of that chapter, um, he says, Oh, Jerusalem, how I wish I could be like a hen and just gather you up and protect you from these things. So his motivation for being honest with the, with the people and with the Pharisees at the time wasn't just for the sake of facts, because all those were facts. But his motivation was his compassion for the people. And so when we, when we live lifestyles of honesty, it's not like we're just trying to be Johnny Do-Gooders and like, I'm never going to tell a lie. If I chop down that cherry tree, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fess up to it. No. Our motivation for living lifestyles of honesty should be compassion and love for the truth. Um, In John 14, 16, it doesn't get more clear than this. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus was the physical embodiment of the truth. Jesus exemplified truth in everything that he did. In Luke chapter 7, and this is, you know, one of my more favorite stories of Jesus just really being honest with someone. In Luke chapter 7, Jesus is invited to the home of a Pharisee. Now, Jesus was pretty well known of of just really laying the Pharisees out. Like, he really told it how it was. In fact, I was surprised. I'd I'd read something that Jesus said to a Pharisee and be like, Jesus, don't, don't you know they could get you for that? No, Jesus did not care. And so in Luke chapter 7, Jesus is invited to the home of a Pharisee. 
um, presumably for dinner. So Jesus strolls over to the Pharisee's house. His name was Simon. He enters into the home, um, sits down, and and I'm sure they're just kind of talking about things, talking about the law, and then enters in um, a woman. And this woman comes down and just lays at the feet of Jesus and begins to ask for his forgiveness. She begins, to, she begins to cry, right? She cries, and we know this story. And she cries to the point where her tears are covering the feet of Jesus. And then she begins to kind of dry up the tears with her hair. And she, just, she knows the love and the grace and the mercy with which Jesus walks. And she's just asking for his compassion and his forgiveness. And then the Pharisee says to himself, you know... If he knew what kind of woman this was, he wouldn't be letting her do all this. He wouldn't even let her in this house, right? And Jesus stops him. He says, uh, you know, when I came into your house, you didn't even offer me a bowl of water to wash my feet, and she's washing my feet with her tears. When I came into this house, you didn't even offer me a kiss of greeting, which by today's culture is kind of weird, but back then it was the thing to do. You didn't even offer me a kiss of greeting, yet this woman hasn't stopped kissing my feet since I've been in here. When I came in here, you didn't anoint me with anything, yet this woman has anointed me. And so he broke it down for that guy. Not because he wanted to tear that guy apart, but because of his compassion for this woman. So Jesus was honest. Jesus lived a lifestyle of radical honesty. So how can we be honest? How can we be honest? It seems like a simple question, but there's a lot that goes with that. And the first thing that we do, we follow the truth no matter where it takes you. Follow the truth no matter where it takes you. See, Jesus entered into this world knowing that he would ultimately die For the truth, but that didn't deter him. Jesus was born into this world with a mission to bring light and truth into dark places. And he knew that it would cost him his life, not only his life, but a a painful death on the cross. Yet he continued through it. I want to tell a, a story real quick about, this is maybe someone we can relate with a little bit better. There's a guy by the name of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And some of you may have heard of, of, of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. If you haven't, um, I encourage you to Wikipedia this guy. This guy's life was absolutely amazing. So Dietrich Bonhoeffer uh, kind of grew up around the time of the rising of the Nazis in Germany, right? So 1920s, 1930s. Um, and he was a Christian. Not only was he, he was, a, he was a, a teacher, a seminarian, and a pastor. And uh, a couple of his really good works, I think his main, most well-known work is a book uh, called The Cost of Discipleship. But anyways... Uh, During this time in Germany, it was sort of a really strange time for the German Christians, right? Because oftentimes when we read about World War II, when we read about what the Nazis did, we, we think to ourselves, how in the world did they consent to that? Like, did they not know what was going on? And, and, and how could they think this was right? Well, the problem was is that early on, Hitler knew the power of religion, And so what Hitler began to do early on was he began to manipulate the churches, manipulate the churches into, uh, and threatening the churches into okaying their doctrine, essentially, okaying the Nazi teachings. 
Um, and so the church at the time was sort of infiltrated by this Nazi ideology. But Dietrich Bonhoeffer saw what was happening. And he spent a majority of his younger years preaching against what the Nazis were doing. Telling people, like, what they're, no, that, that, is, that is not Christ-like. That is not the teachings of Jesus. This does not need to be infiltrating our churches. And, it, and even knowing the power of the Nazis and the sheer terror that they could, re, that they could bring to his life, he still stood up for what was right. He still stood up for the truth. Ultimately, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was captured by, by the Nazis. Um, and he has a really cool story, a lot of conspiracies associated with him, um, good conspiracies. Um, and he was ultimately put to death for rebelling against the Nazis. But that is a picture of someone that gave their life for the truth no matter what it took. And so, let's speak, to, let's speak to us. I know it seems like in our world that it's hard for the good guy to get ahead. Right? It feels like that sometimes. It feels like, you know, the honest person never wins. It feels like all the people around me that are doing the wrong thing, those are the people that are getting ahead, and here I am right here. But God does not forsake his servants, right? The Bible tells us to not forsake in doing good. Because not only do we have reward here, and I I believe 100% if we're following the truth, we're following God, and God is going to honor our commitment to the truth. But not only are we going to be rewarded here, but we're going to be rewarded later on, right, in heaven. So it's important. The first thing that we do if we want to live honest lifestyles is we have to follow the truth no matter where it takes us. Number two, we got to handle the truth. Well, you got to handle the truth. See, honesty is a two-way street, right? Honesty is not only dealing with other people, but honesty is also dealing with yourself. And so when, when, when we're handling the truth, it's important that we do a few things. Um, in fact, uh, the Bible has a lot to say. So, right, we're human, right? We, we live on planet Earth. There's a lot of humans. We, li- we have coworkers, right? Not, those coworkers can't, aren't always the most pleasant people to be around, but that's just a part of being human. And so Paul talks a lot about how we should interact with people. In Ephesians 4.25 says this, it says, Therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbors, for we are all members of one body. Uh, Matthew 18, verse 15, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. Be honest with him between you and him alone. If he listens, you have gained a brother. So the Bible tells us, you know, be honest with people, right? Communication is key. If we don't communicate with each other, we don't know what's going on. So the Bible instructs us, yes, be honest. But there's a right way and there's a wrong way to do it. See, the first way to do it is childish honesty. Childish honesty is often blunt, weaponized, and leaves no room for correction. How many parents out here has ever had their kids say something in public and you were mortified? I'm not a parent, but I'm about to tell you what I did. You're like, ah, it's true, but you don't say that. 
So one time, and I'm glad I don't remember this because I would probably be mortified. But I was, my mom said I was three or four years old, and, and she was, I was in the buggy. We were in a supermarket. My mom was pushing the buggy, and, and a lady walks by, and she looks at me, the lady, and she says, oh, you know, what a, what a cute kid. You should have seen I had my ears now. My ears are huge when I was a kid. So, I, I mean, it was great. I mean, I was like, I was, a, I was cute. I'm not, you know, I was a little baby. And uh, this lady says, oh, man, how, your son's so cute. And my mom says, I turn up and look at her and say, mom, she looks like a pink pig. <laughs> Yikes. And my mom, and my mom said, my mom was like, obviously, she, she died on the inside a little bit that day. Like, I don't think she ever recovered from that. The things that kids say, right? See, the thing is, is was, that, was that factual? Well, possibly. It's possible. She could have had like a suntan going on a little bit, and the nose could have been turned up a little bit. As a four-year-old, I could have been fully, fully convinced that that was the case, right? It was the truth to me. But was that the right thing to say? Absolutely not. And if we're not careful, we can get into this place of honesty where we, instead of taking the place as as someone that works in restoration, we can work in judgment. And when I talk about that, blunt honesty is the kind of honesty that starts like this. I got something about to tell you. I'm about to tell it how it is, right? We know that. We've probably been there before. I'm sure I've been there before. I'm, I'm, about to, I'm about to tell it like it is, regardless of how you feel, regardless of your emotions, and regardless of whether or not I want to let God in here to, to bring restoration to this. See, childish honesty doesn't bring any room for correction, right? If I'm going to confront someone, and I'm going to talk to them, and I'm going to be honest with them, but I don't allow room for God to come in and bring restora- restoration to that, that's, that's not true honesty, let me give you another example. One time, I, uh, a year, year and a half ago, I had to do my first jail visit with a student. Um, and so I, I, I go to the jail here in Thomas County, and I, I walk in there, and uh, I, see, I see my student you know, sitting across from me. And I was heartbroken. I, I knew this kid. He, he, he was a wonderful kid, still is a great kid. Um, did not really have a chance growing up, didn't have a really solid home life. Um, and there were two things I could have done. I could have been childish. I could have said, man, <laughs> you've messed up. You've made a lot of mistakes. You know, I, I, you know you, I, I, could, I could have been, been pretty rude to him. And this kid looking across from him, he, he knew what he did. He knew what he did. <laughs> And I could have made it worse. But instead, I practice mature honesty. So we've got childish honesty, we've got mature honesty. Mature honesty is gentle. Mature honesty is kind. And mature honesty allows room for God. Mature honesty takes into account that the person that I'm about to be honest with is a human being loved by God. And the facts may be that they're in a really bad situation right now, that they messed up, that they were stupid, that they made stupid decisions. But the truth is, is that God is going to bring restoration into their lives. And that God is going to bring correction into their lives. But the ball is in our court as to how we present that to them. You have power in that situation. See, childish honesty... 
is often fact-based, but it's not always truth-based. Childish honesty can be fact-based. Like, I can, I can look at someone's life or I can look at the way someone's dressed and I can make comments that may be factual, right? I, can look, I could have looked across at that student and said, man, you made a lot of, man, you were stupid. You made stupid decisions. You shouldn't have been so stupid. And those, those were facts. Those were not the best decisions that, that, that wound us up in that place. But the truth was is that God was going to make beauty from those ashes. And the truth was is that he was a loved, redeemed child of God. And that was the truth that we spoke. And so in every situation that you have, you're faced with those two choices. The facts may be there, but it's up to us to handle the truth correctly and bring restoration and correction instead of condemnation and judgment. Um, James, chapter, uh, James chapter 1, verses 19 through 20 says, Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. I think about dads when I, when I read that, right? I think about dads, right? I remember growing up with my dad and and, you know, my dad, he had, a, he had a short fuse, right? And I just remember every time I would get in trouble and, you know, my dad would start spouting off. My dad was very, very creative when he was getting on to me with his word choice. And I'm just talking about curse words. Like, my dad, like, he could have been a comedian. Like, when I, when I got in trouble, I wasn't all that worried about, like, what was going to happen. I was worried. I was like, my dad, he's about to really come up with a good speech right here. I mean, he's about to call it as he sees it, right? So James says, be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. That's how we present honesty, right? We're quick to listen. We think about it. We pray about it. We see what our allowances are with the Holy Spirit. Because the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And finally, how can we be honest? And, and this is the, it's just as important as the other two got to be honest with yourself you've got to be honest with yourself because what honesty with ourselves does is it opens up the door for repentance in our lives if we're not honest about something like man i'm doing something and this is really this is really messing with my spirit this is really ruining some relationships if we're not honest with ourselves we cannot allow room into our heart to allow god to make corrections because oftentimes we like to focus on other people. We like to say, oh, what they're doing wrong, what that person's doing wrong, what my parents are doing wrong, what my spouse is doing wrong. But we refuse to look at ourselves. I was researching, I was researching this the other night, I kind of knew this already, but the first step in AA, some of us probably heard this before, we admit that we are powerless over alcohol and that our lives have become unmanageable. The first step is admittance, Right? It's looking inward and being honest and, and shining. Because what, what truth does is truth is like a giant light. And what we have to do as Christians on a fairly regular basis is shine that light inward and shine, shine the light on the dark areas that we have. Amen? When we are honest with ourselves about situations in our life, we open the door up for God to move in our lives. And that better prepares us to be honest people with others. Amen? So my question to you guys.
Are you being honest with yourself and with others? Are you being honest with yourselves and others? That's a, it's, a, it's a symbiotic relationship. That, that is the key. The key to living an honest lifestyle is doing those two things. And so I want to invite you guys, if we could stand. I want us to really have, I want, I want us to start with the end. I want us to look inside of our own hearts and see if there's any areas of deception. Any areas that we are lying to ourselves that we can bring the Lord in to shine that light. And open up that door to repentance. So Father, right now in Jesus' name, we thank you so much, Lord, for your honesty. Lord, we thank you so much for for calling us out on our own faults. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would incline our ears to listen to you more. And Father, I pray that every day, God, that we have a time of reflection where we we open up our heart. We do our own heart surgery, Lord, and allow you to enter in so that you can bring correction and redemption to our lives. Father, we thank you so much uh, for your honesty, and we pray, God, that we would handle being honest well, that we would handle your truth well. Father, we pray that when we talk to other people and we interact with other people and we come to those moments in our lives where we have to say, can I be honest? That you would help us to see that the person standing across from us is a human being and a child loved by God. I pray, Father, that you would just help us help us to bring restoration. Don't let us set ourselves up as judges. And so, Father, we thank you, Lord. I pray that we live in lifestyles of truth, of, uh, truth and honesty, and I pray that we follow truth to the very end. In Jesus' name, amen. Val is going to close for us. Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, just visit us at vfcthomasville.org.